This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 351 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today we have Molly Arthur. Now, she is the director and founder of Educational Pathways Academy. Molly, how you doing? Hi, I'm well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, Molly, I got to tell you, I mean, we've done 350 episodes before you, but you and what you're doing in the school is what the Good Neighbor Podcast is all about. You know, it really all starts with the kids. I mean, building strong communities also translates to building kids that, you know, get it, that are well-educated and and they get a fair shot at things. And what I love about what you're doing there, and you're going to tell your story way better than I could, but, you know, you really do that. You level the playing field with with kids that, you know, start off with a a major disadvantage. So that all being said, Molly, tell us about Educational Pathways Academy. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Educational Pathways Academy was founded in 2017. And yes, I did start the school based on a need that I saw in the community. I was tutoring students that have reading differences or or disabilities, um, such as dyslexia. That's the most common reading disorder. Um, And so I was certified in a a special program called Orton-Gillingham Method. And I just found that I had more students than I could even serve in just a, a tutoring setting. And And I thought, what if there were an opportunity to be able to create a comprehensive program that uh, supported the children in all areas and also provided more than just one piece of intervention, but multiple interventions throughout the day. And our students are brilliant and they're very capable of learning when presented with the right methods. And So this idea was birthed that, you know, maybe it could be more than just a uh, something these students had to do after school as an extra thing, but as just a part of their normal day and um, and how much more progress we would be able to make if we were able to offer that type of a comprehensive program. Mm. Wow, that is fabulous. You know, both, uh, as you know, both Barb, my wife and I, uh, we come from teaching backgrounds and, you know, especially when we were kids, you were led to believe that there was one path to learning, right? And, you know, the reality is people learn different ways. And, and uh, you know, nowadays to be able to have a school like yours to help, as I said earlier, really level the playing field and help everyone mm-hmm. get the important education that they need. So uh, I'm, I'm not surprised you, you had a full plate early on when you first started helping out. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think it's that the need is even greater than what I thought, not only when I was uh, just a private tutoring company, but but now as a school, um, you know, we're only a couple of seats away from being completely full in our new location. And the need is 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 very great out there. These students are are greatly underserved in, in other um, educational settings. And I, I think there's a lot of well-intended programs or services out there in schools, but you know, they, they really thrive in this kind of a setting that is just the, the types of accommodations that might be extra or have to be implemented in, in another school as an exception are really just the, the, the norm here. And it really creates a, a wonderful environment where you're able to stretch the children to continue to learn because we're able to meet them where they are and and, and uh, apply the proper methods. And like you said, everyone learns differently and 
Here we're able mm -hmm. to look at the child and what they need as the most important piece of the puzzle here and give them what they need and just continue to, to help succeed. And, and we often say we, we like to minimize the, the, the struggles and really maximize um, their strengths. And, um, and that's what we try to do with um, each of our students each day. So you recently moved to a new, new location mm -hmm. and you're already close to maxing that out. Is that what I heard? Correct. Correct. Wow. <laughs> so yes, we're, we, um, we were able to, we had been leasing from another organization for our first three yeah. years. Um, mm -hmm. Now we, we have a property that has about two and a half acres um, and a beautiful um, building that we were able to renovate um, and just really make, um, you know, make home for these students and put our mission first. And um, there's land to expand, but of course, everything comes with, um, you know, the need for funding and provisions. But, um, you know, so far we've we've just been um, been moving along very steadily and, and to have a lot of support from you know families in the community and and it's very appreciated because we want to just continue to build a very solid foundation so that this school, which is now a not-for-profit organization, we're a 501c3, um, so that we can um, just create the strongest foundation to be here for you know generations and generations and and serve serve these students um, who yeah. who are always always out there. Um, there's there's many you know dyslexia affects. I'm nearly 20% of um, the population, so um, to one degree or another. Um, so it's definitely going to be a long-term, you know, long-term need in the yeah. community. So that's great. So you have the ability to expand and help more kids down the road. And uh, uh, so, because I'm sure, hey, it's always nice to move into a new location and, and expand. But boy, that's got to be an upheaval, right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a big, you know, big process, and um, and that momentum creates a lot of excitement. But it also is, um, I said, it's very involved, and I um, mean, yeah. time and money and energy. Um, I have a wonderful team of of certified teachers um, that I just couldn't do this without, um, who just pour into yeah. kids every day too. So lots of That's fun. So how about your journey into the teaching world? Was that something you knew early on in life that, wow, I, I'm, I'm going to be a teacher or how did all that evolve? Yes, um, actually I did. I wanted to be a teacher since I was a child. I, I adored school. I loved it. Um, and uh, my mother's an educator. My aunt and uncle are both educators. Uh, they were in administration as well. Um, and when I came time to um, go to college, I looked at, I knew I wanted to work in the field of special education and I was able to go to my aunt and uncle's schools and just really see the different fields, the uh, different uh, areas that I might specialize in. And um, so also um, I chose specific learning disabilities because I have um, a father who is dyslexic um, and a sister uh, who is dyslexic and I saw wow. the struggles um, especially in my sister, uh, day after day, um, how damaging it is to your, you know, your self-esteem um, and to, to go into a place where you just feel like it's always a struggle and you're failing all the time. Um, so that was, it was one of the things I think that really tugged on my heart to, to seek after the, the area of special education. Um, and yeah, it's just, um, I tell you, I, I just love it. And uh, I do believe God, place that passion in me early on and um, 
And uh, there's no other field I'd rather be in. Yeah. And for our, our listeners, Molly, if you don't mind, because I, I never want to assume and, and uh, you know, dys- dyslexia is, is everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, would you mind just sharing what that is and how challenging it, it, it is for mm-hmm. folks like your parents and your sister and everyone who's who's challenged with that? Sure. So um, I'm glad you asked that because there are um, there's a lot of myths surrounding dyslexia. Um, one of the main things people will think is that, oh, dyslexics see things backwards, um, which is actually not true. Um, they see things as they are. They will see the print as it is. However, um, the processing in their brains well um, is a little less efficient and um, it will um, distort it somewhat once it's being processed. It's almost like it's going through some different loops. Um, however, dyslexia is not a sign of uh, low intelligence. In fact, you, you cannot um, be dyslexic without an average or above average um, IQ. Um, and so these students are, are often... Um, you know, when they struggle with reading or they know they've just been told a word and, and a couple lines down, they can't remember it. Their mind really has to reprocess the word every single time. Um, and they themselves know the struggle that they are having, again, because they are so bright that they can see that others are getting this quickly or others have finished quicker. Um, and so they're, they're reading, um, we call that the decoding, just the, the rapid, um, you know, being able to just read what the word says. Um, and those people in life that are more automatic readers, um, they process words, you know, with a lot of what we call automaticity. Um, I often compare it to two different types of um, transmissions where you'll have an automatic and then you have a manual. Um, 80% of the people read in, in more of that automatic um, uh, method. And uh, 20% of, of people, it's more like the manual where it's 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 going through the processes um, a lot more. And they, they need a lot of different methods that are, you know, multi-sensory, systematic and explicit in order to create those, you know, those pathways in in their brain that will allow it to become more automatic for them, um, and it's it's very much a language based, uh, what we say, learning difference or learning disability. So oftentimes they'll have under they'll have trouble with comprehension, with understanding vocabulary, um, written language. The writing process is also usually very difficult, and spelling um, is usually one of a you know a key factor as well. I mean, I, I can't even imagine school is tough enough when you're a kid <laughs> and uh, to have that. And, uh, you know, again, fortunately, there are folks like yourself can, that, and, and certainly your team and, and others throughout the country, but who can help diagnose that and, mm-hmm. and get these kids on the mainstream again, because she's uh, and, and I'm probably I'm guessing that's what got you. And so involved, you saw the, the challenges and the suffering, not only in your family, but, you know, kids that. As you said, these are intelligent kids, but they probably, you know, many of them have gone the the dark side. I'm just going to call it. You hear stories all the time of uh, kids that didn't do well in school that, you know, what's left, right? Oh, you're right. uh, The statistics out there are, um, you know, just frightening of the... um, the, the damages that this this um, can have on a child if it's if they are not um, you know given the right uh, 
the right help um, and also someone to believe in them and not think that they're just, they're often told they're lazy or they're just not trying, yeah. uh, you know, and that's just the right. thing from the truth because they, they work harder than anyone else. Um, but you're right. It, it, it seems like, you know, some of the, um, some famous um, people and great accomplishments that have been done have been, you know, dyslexic people. Um, mm. And, I, I think it's because they have a gift also of thinking outside the box. They have a gift of, of having that, that grit and perseverance. Um, but yeah. that comes also from people who are believing in them and, and, and yeah. not telling them that, Oh, you're just, you know, saying that they're stupid or they're dumb because they're absolutely not. And um, when they are, they're able to understand, you know, why it might be a little harder, but also not, focus on that let's focus on the the big picture of the child and and what do they do well and again let's magnify that um that's really that's what they need they need understanding they need proper methods and they need to find what it is that they have um the gift in and and they all have a gift in something um and oftentimes it's very creative it's very artistic um or um engineering like minds there's a lot of strengths that they certainly have that when given yeah. time to explore those, um, that's really where a lot of times they'll find their their true success. So, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So, how about when you're not at the school, when you're not focused on teaching, what do you do for fun? <laughs> well, in the last uh, four years, there's not been a whole lot of downtime <laughs> to encompass my time. But um, my husband and I have two. Um, children who are now young adults. So we're now we're, we're empty nesters. Our, our son is in the Marines um, and stationed in California. Wow. Our daughter is local, um, working full time and, and has her own place. But we love to, you know, get together with family. We love to um, take walks. Um, I love to just go to the beach and um, be able to walk and, and think and just to have a little bit of relaxation that I need to sometimes get my my head out of the the mode um, of school for just a little bit here and there, but um, yeah. So mainly spend time with my husband and and try to forget about what my to do list says for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, sounds like he's a lucky man. So, how about looking back in life, Molly? A time that you can point to now and say, "Hey, it was very rough," but uh, because you got to the other side. Mm-hmm. You're now stronger for it. You're better for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually say um, that um, I do truly believe that you know you learn from you learn from hardships, you learn from failure, um, you learn for, from um, things that maybe didn't quite go your way, and you just keep going. Um, and and although I had a lot of those with um, even with the school um, starting. Um, you know, some people would say I was crazy when I, I had the idea to start the school. Um, you know, I was a I was a teacher. My husband, um, you know, is in law enforcement, and it was kind of like, well, you must have a big investor or something. And and I didn't. Um, but I just had a lot of faith in what I I believe um, God had placed in my heart to do. And um, I think it was just the, it was the not quitting when I heard the no's. Um, and and I heard them frequently from looking for a place to lease at first for the school. Um, you know, and I was trying to be very consistent with my, my process for that. I had 10 places and each time I go through the 10, if I got all no's, I'd say, okay, that's not where we're supposed to be. And I just keep going. Um, wow. so there was a, a lot of hurdles with, um, 
with starting uh, the business or the school. But um, again, it's what I, I, I look back and I tell my students, um, you know, we are a, we are a faith-based school. We're a Christian faith-based school. And I can really tell them all the, the hurdles or all the mountains that God moved on their behalf and that, uh, you know, God created the school. So um, it is, it, it's a testament to, yes, a lot of hard work, but, but also, um, you know, a lot of faith and, and, um, and just obstacles being, being moved, but not without work, but definitely obstacles being moved um, yeah. out of the way for these kids. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, and, and it's, not that it's easy to look back uh, three or four years later and say, hey, yeah, we got here and it was tough. But my goodness, you know, the, the moments that you had of, oh, my my goodness, you know, what's going to happen? The unknown, the uncertainty. And, and but you just it's almost like you were driven, you know, somehow, some way you had no idea how you're going to figure this thing out and, and open this school. And, uh, you know, that perseverance has really paid off. Uh, for the kids that have benefited from the school as well. They're what they, they are so what get me through the days that are very difficult at times. Um, And, you know, it's like, you just, you you look around or you just have a conversation with, with one in the the hallway or somewhere and tell you the, the, they just bring such joy and they are so worth every bit of it. Um, They're amazing kids. Terrific. One thing you wish our listeners knew about Educational Pathways Academy, what would that be? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I believe that um, I wish, um, obviously we're a young um, organization in town and just even younger being a, a not-for-profit. We didn't start off being a 501c3. Um, but I would just love for the, um, you know, for the listeners just to know um, that we're here and that we're doing this service for these bright students um, who need a different type of, of learning environment. Um, and, you know, I would say if anybody has, um, you know, once we can get to the mode of having more volunteers in um, uh, when this uh, pandemic season is over, um, you know, if they have time or, or some, you know, some past teachers even who just want to spend a little one-on-one time with students, um, you know, that, that kind of support is, um, is welcome. Um, and, you know, and of course, any other kind of support as well for the school, um, because I said, we're growing and the momentum is just moving quickly. And, uh, I don't think we're stopping anytime soon. Um, we're going to be piloting a high school program next year. And, um, so of course, uh, it's a, it's a great place. If you want to find out more about it, um, I'm, I give, love to give personal tours, um, just to see what what's going on for these wonderful kids and and how we can I said just make it um, make it uh, its foundation as strong as possible so it will exist way past the time where I will be here although they're going to have to roll me out on a <laughs> wheelchair or something but um, you know just that, yeah any support yeah. and just understanding that we're here because we're so young that um, I think it yeah. um, a lot of people don't don't know about us yet so you know yep. spread the word if you hear of a a bright, struggling student, it it could be that they need an environment like this. Yeah. And that's what I love about this podcast. You know, it's that opportunity for for a gem like yours, you know, the school to get that message out there because you really are unique and and can provide a difference between a child 
really going through life and feeling like they're a part of the community and contributing and a child who feels like they're an outcast. And uh, my goodness, you know, every child should have the same chance. So thrilled that we're getting that message out there. And certainly we'll do everything we can. And I know our listeners will. So let's start, Molly, with share with our listeners the best way they can get in touch with you guys, learn more and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, we have our website. Um, it's just a educational pathwaysacademy.com. Um, so it's kind of a long name and make sure you get the S on the pathways. Um, that is the probably the easiest way on there. There's a contact form. There's ways for to look and see some giving opportunities. Um, you can read more about, about me, about my team, about the programs we offer. Um, and, and also, um, you know, see there's some videos on there where you can actually see the, the amazing kids um, that we have. Um, so I think that's a, that's a great place to go. So, so our website, um, and of course, um, on there is also our, our site address and our uh, my phone number and email where I, again, would love to personally chat with anybody who wants to know more about the school or provide personal tours. I love to show off what's going on here. Yeah, well, terrific. Well, Molly, I am thrilled we got a chance to get this podcast in. I know, <laughs> I know it was uh, tough working it within your schedule because the kids come first and yeah. uh, so uh, I know you're you're probably exhausted. The last thing you want to do is a podcast with Charlie McDermott. But uh, you, oh, I you're the best. It. I I appreciate the opportunity. I really do to be a voice. <laughs> so thank you, thank you. Absolutely, and uh, we wish you the best. And our listeners, get on over to the website. Uh, be a part of it, whether it's volunteering, uh, sharing what. Molly has going on and her team uh, and what they're doing for the community because there are kids out there that I know could use your help, but they're just not aware that you exist. So let's change that. And uh, we certainly wish you the absolute best going forward, Molly. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.